what what is up everyone welcome to pro wrestling planet podcast it is your man the brand here along with my homie wayne this time around it is august 23rd 2022 we're going to be switching it up here a little bit on the podcast we got wayne in the house we're going to be talking something a little bit different we'll get into that here in just a second but yeah thank you for joining me wayne what's up man dude what's up man thank you for having me bro i appreciate it whenever i'm on the planet of pro wrestling you know it's for legit and for real <laughs> you gotta have a good time on the planet no wayne Hell was yeah. on like our second episode we talked we broke down an episode of raw uh life happens you know but we're glad to have him back in the fold in the mix doing some stuff here you'll hear from him every so often i imagine uh i'm gonna be like that specialist that uh you call in when you need something done and i just get drop drop shipped in there get the job done and get out bring everyone home alive you're on loan from our like japanese affiliate (laughs) yes yeah i'm a loaner uh... from uh overseas we're doing a (laughs) A, a two-week trade a talent swap a t- yeah, talent swap that was yep <laughs> that was what i was looking swap. for yep but uh wayne and i are going to tackle something interesting changing things up here on the pod going to talk about the most brutal matches in wwe history yeah wayne uh this is something you know uh it's an interesting subject just given kind of yes the company in of itself am i am i right in kind of assuming that i mean yeah generally there's not a whole lot of these but there is but there isn't i mean and you know pro wrestling above everything every match is subjective you know your best quote best match or my quote best match is probably going to be different so you know I know that there are some brutal matches that were the there wasn't a single weapon swung, but the guys were just brutally stiff with each other. So yes, what I might consider brutal or somebody else might consider brutal could be just the difference between a chair shot and a punch, you know? Well, that's kind of the thing that I semi struggled with when kind of narrowing all this down is kind of like, what's your definition? You know, like you said, um, Are we talking just by physicality? Are we talking blood? Are we talking, you know, uh, just bumps in general? Right, right. We could even what? flip that and be talking about brutally bad, but that's not, you know, what we're talking about here. <laughs> brutally awful. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're uh, something like the the WrestleMania 17 gimmick battle royal. Right. Exactly. <laughs> brutally bad. Yes. <laughs> good bad but fun and good at the same time right so what what were your metrics i can go over mine i sort of what i took was yeah let me hear yours and sure so what i did was i took essentially my rubric was it had to be a good match it had to be a match that that where you got the crowd into it where people were invested in a story so it had to be a good match first maybe not reinventing the wheel but a good match okay next thing was was damage how much damage did 
the two wrestlers either inflict on each other or inflict in the match. So I use damage sort of like in the MMA sense, who dealt the most damage. Right, right, right. So I had a little thing where I kind of rated, man. I watched about, I narrowed it down to about 10. So I watched about 10 matches in their entirety. And then I boiled it down to about five. And so I took damage. I took overall my top several were that the, all these matches probably would have been called right now. They probably would have been stopped. I would say there's no way they would have went on in today's wrestling, uh, you know, PG era, if you will. Okay. And so Interesting. With, that was pretty much my rubric. They had, they had to sort of go through something to get to the finish line okay. and how much damage they sustained. And it had to be a good match with crowd investment and, and passion as far as the storyline. So that was pretty much my rubric in terms of brutality. You know, if you right. look at, say, if you read it to the movies, what makes a good action film? Well, it's got to be good. It's got to have good sequences. It's got to have good high spots. And it can't just explode for the sake of exploding. You know what I mean? Right. So that's where I ultimately narrowed my list down to. What would you do? You know, you put it so eloquently there. I I don't really know. You know, I didn't really have set criteria, to be honest. Okay. You know what I mean? I kind of wish I would have. I always kind of struggle with that uh, concept when I'm when I'm making lists, kind of in general. Um, oh crap! That's not what I want. Um, so basically i thought about a few different things now one of the main things that kind of played out in my mind was just kind of we say wwe but kind of narrowing down a time frame like you said i mean you don't really see much of this today there was quite a cluster of this i would say from around i don't know like 97 or whatever till about Oh three, oh four, oh five, maybe you know, probably oh five. When that attitude kind of, and ruthless aggression era, yeah, where that yeah. started to settle down. But we do have instances of of stuff, you know, from from like yesteryear, which I want to talk about here in a second as well. I got some honorable mentions. Yes, we could do those first. Uh, absolutely. But yeah. just to get to the criteria thing, uh, just to simplify it, Wayne, and sum it up. I thought about two things, man. I thought about um, just basically spectacle, like you said, it being a good match, um, just from like, a, you know, not even from a psychology perspective, but just from overall shock and, uh, mm -hmm. and awe and just whatever, you know, just like the, for the sake of doing things. And then, you know, I also kind of thought about, you know, blood, you know, um, you got it. Yeah. And then, you know, like you said, and the physicality was just kind of like all the things I tried to, to toss around in my mind. But yeah, we kind of, we had the idea about a, a top, we each kind of have a top five, but yeah, like you yeah. have honorable, you know, there's other stuff uh, we can throw out there as well. Um, mine are kind of from yesteryear, but what would you, what, what would oh, you say yours are? That's awesome. So my honorable mentions, let's see. Let me I kind of wrote them down. Let's see. I got It looks like I have about 
Yeah, I have about eight honorable mentions. Oh wow! And okay. Some, uh, but I'll, I'll just I'll just mention about four of them because I I know yeah, one no. of them's probably on your list. Okay. All <laughs> so, right. So, one of my honorable mentions that didn't make my top five was Randy versus Mick from uh, Backlash 04. Yeah. Um, I can just keep naming some, or do you want to talk about that one a little bit? That one was brutal. Did you watch that one recently, or has it been a while? It's been uh, a little bit of a minute on that one, but it did make my list. Okay. Okay. Good, good. um, Um, Another one that didn't make mine... um, I guarantee this is not on your list. Okay. Okay. Uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine versus Rugged Ronnie Garvin from Royal Rumble 1990. Okay. All right. This match, there you go. This match is probably a two-star match if you if you looked in Dave Meltzer's catalog. Right. If you watch, <laughs> if you watch that match, they beat the ever-loving hell out of each other. Right. It was a it was a submission match actually. Okay. And. It was very stiff. And I don't know if it's just recency bias, but if you go back and watch that match and you line it up to any much stuff now, you just you're not gonna get that kind of stuff. It, these guys were just laying into each other and reefing on each other. They they at the end of it they looked like they had been in a real fight. And it was really, really stiff. Um I was a huge Ronnie Garvin mark when I was a kid. Canadian, Canadian, yeah. Uh, yeah. His NWA stuff, and then even you know the WWE yeah. stuff, um, and then just like recently, I've come to realize how great uh, Greg Valentine actually is. One of my um, first favorite wrestlers. I watched him a ton growing up. I loved man, him. That dude and... could sell oh, his yeah. ass off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Like he was yep. good and physical and stuff, but he was, oh my God. I went back, I was, you know, doing research for the, the mania countdown. And I think it was, it was him and God, who was it? Was it him and Jake? It was him and Savage. I think him and Piper had some good. And stuff. My they God. Had, they had the dog collar match. If you remember that. He, he just sold his ass off for, for Savage and made him look like a yeah, million sure. bucks on his way to winning the title. That's awesome. Four. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. I could totally see that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those little matches you don't you forget about, you know, in right. the tournament. Beat Greg Valentine putting Randy Savage over. Yeah. Yeah. Good shit. What uh, else you got on there? Um Brock Lesnar versus John Cena from backlash 2012 it was brock's first match back since leaving from the ufc i watched it again about three days ago i forgot about that one they beat the shit out of each other right i mean yeah yeah uh uh aa on the steps at the end finish um super stiff brock was suplexing him all over um yeah, great match. Really, really good. Really brutal. Really stiff. I remember so. ordering that pay-per-view. That was back oh, in the nice. late pay-per-view days. Ooh, you actually ordered it. And huh? I I planted down my 40 bucks to buy that because wow. I was like, it yes. Shut up money and take well my money. <laughs> and uh, yes, I remember it delivered. And, you know, we, all, we were all just like, oh, man, you know, what the hell? Yeah, because like, we didn't know what to expect, you know, from Brock right. coming back. 
right and uh just the fact that it was like so br- brutal and like and realistic you yep. kind of thought like holy shit is he not like playing ball or <laughs> i think <laughs> they really wanted brock to look like a shoot fighter in that that yeah. match and particularly and maybe brock didn't quite have his wrestling hat on that night because <laughs> right. he gave it to cena bad and yeah. hats off to cena for taking it great mention what else you um, got i got one more man this was throw this one was more like, out this was like number six right here okay and i watched i watched it and my kids watched this match with me oh you boy might shudder eddie versus jbl oh my um, god judgment day oh four wow you just tell remember them that it's catch up yeah. yeah, yeah, I told him that. I went, so the story behind that this almost one was, made mine, but yeah. Oh, Eddie cut a, a trochlear artery in his head. Ah. He actually severed an artery when he bladed, and he he at the end of the at the end of it, he looked gray. He looked like he needed a damn transfusion. You're right. So <laughs> somebody help. Great match and and great. So the finish was a DQ. And then, and the buildup was so good, man. This match was good. Um, I don't know if you remember the buildup, but it was JBL right when he turned into the whole, uh, you know, heel uh, Texas oil tycoon or stock right. tycoon or whatever the JBL character. Yeah. So it, it was early in the JBL heel character turn, and what a high, what a risk for him to take. He had a kind of a good thing with APA. He could have just kept running with that, but jbl character could have failed and it could have ruined him but it, it, it put him over really it was definitely risk was worth the reward at that point it was definitely you know, but yeah. the build to that was that jbl made eddie's mom have a heart attack and that pay-per-view right, yeah. was in the, was in the staples center very pro eddie latino crowd yeah. jbl had so much heat and for them to see eddie bleed like that it right. was it, everyone was on edge and then and then jbl wins by dq and then eddie proceeds to beat the shit out of jbl for like five minutes oh yeah and jbl gets color there's blood everywhere and eddie beats him down they play the latino heat music and then eddie chases him back down the ramp and beats the hell out of him some more it was just great it was just a it's a great match it was so close so close did to you my list, did so. you get to watch that match um were you like a fan live during that time? Or? I, I was obviously I, I, I was a fan. I was okay. actually in the military when that happened. I was, oh, in, wow. I was in like boot camp or something like that. Okay. So I didn't get to watch Eddie's last great run, unfortunately, because I was, you know, serving in the military at that time. Well, I mean, but, I'm always a fan, but I mean, just like, you yeah. know, currently, you know, able and, you know, watching yeah. the product sort of thing. Cause I, yeah, I watched yeah, WrestleMania I, I that year. Yeah. And it was great, you know, but I, I, I just, I don't think I had cable or something at that time. Okay. You know what I mean? Oh, so, sure. so you're a little disconnected there. Yeah. I was kind of out, you know, no cable, no computer, you know, one of those uh, yeah. type deals. It was where a lot kinda... harder to watch, watch the product then than it is now. Now you could, you got it recorded on the DVR. You can watch it whenever you want. You can pull right. it up on the network anytime you want Get the Hulu, you know, or whatever, you know, whatever, however you enjoy stuff, it gets up yeah. on there usually. Um, and that's a whole nother thing, but yes. Um, I was just going to mention also, you mentioned the JBL thing, you know, another honorable mention would probably be 
the match with Cena as well. One year later um, at Judgment right. Day, oh five, yeah. He so that was you know kind of like a, a staple, kind of like a rite of passage was you know facing JBL and like a, a brutal uh, summer match, you know, kind of yeah. looking back on it. But I got and to enjoy both of those matches, you know, post haste myself. Yeah. But did um was that sort of when Cena really rose to superstardom pretty much after that? Did that I mean he was already up probably on the rise? Well that would be that was oh five, so or was it oh five? Yeah, it was oh five because I the Cause judgment he won day oh four, he was kind of still doing the heel rapper thing in oh four. He won the title uh in oh five. Cena. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was kind of the year of his big breakthrough. Yeah. That year. Yeah. For sure. To the moon. Well, do you have any other honorable mentions? A. I have a few others that didn't make my list um, that that should have probably. Stone Cold and Brett didn't make my list, but it's up there. This, yes, that I, definitely I went, can be considered. Right. You talk um, about the difference in eras. I wanted to bring that up too. Kind of yeah, like, sure. you know, there's a big cluster of the era. And, you know, you'll see a few things kind of from the early 90s you can consider, you know. Um, but there's a couple oldies here uh, yeah. that were at least bloody, you know, stuff like Bruno versus Billy Graham. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of those. Billy's like a cage match. Yeah. Uh, no, the Morocco versus Hogan match was a cage match. That's right. But maybe the Bruno was one too. But you know they had a bunch of a different battles where they had you know let them get the color and stuff. You know because color yeah. was reserved back then for the most special of the special. Yeah. So that's kind of why you see that. When did I when think. did they have when did they institute the no color policy? When did they do that? Ooh. Well, you got to think, like, I don't remember seeing it, you know, pretty much ever growing Midnight, up, WWE-wise. Yeah, almost never. But then yet they'd let Jake Roberts. You meant, <laughs> the yeah, snake. there was the Jake Roberts when, bite thing. I also, watched that live, and they put mm, X's on the screen. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, they did the same thing with the with the Brutus Beefcake. They did the injury to sell his face, and they had um, they had somebody, blackjack or somebody. Yeah. They like uh, they like took him out with like his whip. He like beat his face, and it was like all bloody. And they did the same thing. The X. Oh wow, interesting. Yeah. So they must have instituted, you know, the censorship era, probably. You know. Yes. Late eighties, early nineties, they started censoring everything, and. All that stuff. But then in 97, they just said, F that. Yeah, yeah. Actually, when Brett and Stone that. Cold, yes. when Brett and Stone Cold wrestled, that the, the no-color policy was still in effect. And Brett said, oh, yeah. we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Yeah. And he did it anyway. He called his shot. Yeah. That, almost, that match almost didn't happen, you know. It was supposed right. to be Sean and Brett right, Sean. rematch. Yeah. And Sean did the thing where, you know, I lost my smile, all that deal. That what, a turn, whole... what a turning point in wrestling if that didn't go down the way it went down. I need to do a video on that few-month period because, yes, would, it's one of the good. most historic um, 
just all the twists and turns you know they kept switching the title because they didn't know what the hell they were doing from one yeah. day to the next yeah and it was like yeah it was a crazy yeah. lead up and then you know but then things kind of balanced out by the end of that year you know they they got rid of brett and God, I know just... you said that you thought 97 was the best year in wrestling history, probably. Have you said that before? I Possibly. I've heard you say that. I mean, you know, when you look at it, I mean, at least the most noteworthy. Uh, that's kind of when everything. Feud, right. And Starcade 97 with Sting <sighs> went in, the screw job. That, that whole you era, know, 96, 97, Hell in a Cell 1. 98. And a little bit into 99, I can remember yeah. about halfway into 99, you know, I kind of was starting to get like, okay, you know, right. by the time that SmackDown was like a weekly show, I was yeah. like, all right, enough already, dude. I right. cannot do this. And when Vince Russo went over to WCW, it just stunk to high heaven. Yeah. And then there was that whole, and then I just kind of became a, a, you know, a, you know, it no longer became a priority. Right. That's yeah, kind of the definitely. thing. Yeah. It was a priority and, you know, at different times in your life, it's a priority just kind yeah. of depending on what's going on, I guess. Right. I make it a priority now to watch it, but like if it's not, like especially with Raw, you know, I'll make it through the first couple hours usually. I'll yeah. tune out at some point during the third hour. I just can't. Yeah. Um. And then, of course, I've got to watch Dynamite all the way through every week for the show. Yeah. So I've been doing that, which is nice. But uh, that's also yeah. something I wanted to ask you about, uh, Wayne, my man, is one of these things we talk about with the brutal matches. Yeah. Would this be something that, like, you know, and I you know I kind of felt like this back in the day, uh you know, being a, a kid in school wrestling fan, these would be like matches that you would put on when anyone would ask you if something was like fake. You know what I mean? Or someone yeah. accuses wrestling <laughs> of being fake. It's like, oh yeah, well, yeah, I remember I would do this all the Oh yeah, well, watch this, you know, put in the Hell yeah. in a Cell uh, yeah. tape or whatever and be like, well, explain this shit. Yeah. You know, explain that. Explain it to me then. Yeah. Have you seen on YouTube, they'll, they'll play certain matches for like, not necessarily celebrities, but people who are famous in other platforms right. and they'll play like a match that's really brutal and they'll have them watch it and they'll just film their reaction. It's yeah, like yeah, a reaction yeah. to it. Right, yeah. Reaction videos. Yeah. 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 It's, it's like another the doctor of music. That. You know, you play them like, you know, Ronnie James Dio or something. And, right, right, right. You get the reaction, whoa, and everyone's always, like, blown away. Like, I can't believe this. They get the same reaction that we get being, you know. Right. They feel those same things, and so it's interesting. Reaction videos are only interesting if it's, like, like you said, if they have, like, you know, someone noteworthy, you know, like, okay, well, this yeah. is, you know, a doctor of music reacting to whatever. Then it's like, then they can yeah. be successful. You either have to do that or you have to be like a character of yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, There's yeah. so many of these like, you know, uh, like rap fans and they make them like react to, you know, like metal songs. And it's it's yeah. the same shtick so, in every one yeah. of the videos. It's It's got to be somebody that 
you care about their opinion. You know what I mean? They're sitting there listening. Dead, 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 dead. Oh, damn. Yeah. Damn, dog. This <laughs> some good shit. You know what I mean? Or whatever. It's just like, yeah. you know, and God bless them. I mean, if it makes them a living, you got to you know, get that money. Everyone's hunting for the clicks. It's but interesting. I, but, the, you know, I've experimented with doing reaction videos on the channel and other channels that I've done. And that's just kind of what I've found is that it's like, you know, unless you're like going over the top and like being a character or you're like super, super knowledgeable on something, it's just like not really entertaining. Yeah. But yeah. Either way. Uh, so, yeah, something that you put on when your friends say that something is fake. So I know. Yep. Uh, let's get into this list. Give me, give me a match. Right. What's on your official list? Did you put them right. in like an order? I, I just kind of have order. a, I just kind of have a loose list to be honest. I, I ranked them, man. Okay, I ranked them. Well, yeah. give me, give me, give me your first match, and I'll tell right. you whether or not uh, whether you got it on yours. I guess. All right, you I guess that's kind of how we'll do this. Yes. Okay. Sure. Yeah. All right. My number five was. TLC two from WrestleMania seventeen at the Astrodome in Houston. Woo! Okay, yeah, I thought about the TLCs. I I watched TLC one and I watched TLC two and I picked the one I thought was had the most high spots, the most damage, the most you know brutality, and I had to go with it. I mean, I couldn't come up with another match that had more high spots than it, and more more you know car wrecks if you will for lack of a better word right and then this one over the first tlc you had the run-ins from rhino spike dudley and lita yeah but the one thing that this one didn't have over the first one is the belts were lower in the first one they were so <laughs> high you had to have the 20-foot ladder to get to them a standard ladder you couldn't get to them oh wow yeah, they were way the heck up there. If I Jeff always kind of wondered how they would determine that and if it was different yeah. each well, match. Or I think the difference was is they were going to do the spot with the spear to Jeff Hardy. You know, the the iconic right. spear off. He's hanging, or he's from, hanging the table, from the yeah. And Edge spears him off the ladder. If he'd have done that in TLC 1, it probably would have killed him. <laughs> it was so high. It couldn't have been done. Yeah. It almost killed him anyway. But yeah, TLC 2. Were, the, were any of those on your list, Brand? You know, I did not uh, put the TLC matches into them. I definitely okay. thought about it. Um, and you not only have the official TLC, you have the precursor one as well, at WrestleMania 2000, which I also really like. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it wasn't on my list. You know, you, you mentioned earlier in passing in your honorable mentions the uh, Orton versus Foley um backlash 04 match i'd love to talk about that one i watched it um and yeah. man, amazing well you know it's kind of one of those things where he he uh well and that was actually the year before was that the year before yeah which no, one no no no, no, no I, I wrote it down it was kind of between this one and the Edge match at uh, at WrestleMania 22, which was 06, yeah. I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Randy Mick was o Backlash 04, and then Mick had retired. Right. And then he came out of retirement. Actually, he may have already retired, actually. He I came lost out of retirement. track of his retirements. I think he was <laughs> trying to get past Terry Funk. Yeah. On, like, I you know. 
I think he came out of retirement for both of those matches. But yeah, yeah, Edge was in 06. Okay. Yeah. Both between oh. those two, but you know, just uh, even though they had the table and the fire and this and that, you know, I mean, there, I think there was yeah. definitely just a. Uh, the level of, of physicality, just the more uh, more heat, if you will, the hatred that Orton uh, kind of portrayed in that whole angle and all that was just a little bit hotter than I felt, you know, going into that edge match a couple of years yeah. later. I don't know. So, you know, it'd be a hard one to measure up pinnacle rated our superstar heat. Versus Legend Killer Randy Orton Heat. I, you know, I think right. I would side with you. I, that, that young punk kid who's good looking, who has all the good looks and genetics, and killing right. all the legends off. Like that's some special heat. Also, uh, you know, yeah, the, it also was more important probably for Orton's career. Huge. Than uh, Edge was already kind of made at that point. Yes, you yeah. really couldn't. Have, you know, it was a good, you know, little uh, patch on the vest for him. But uh, but th- that solidified Orton because even though he had won the Definitely. title the year before, or two years before, whatever that was, I guess it was the SummerSlam prior. Um, or wait, 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 no, he won the he won the title that later on. So, okay, so that led him, yeah, to being the champ. I was I was gonna say I think he had won the IC title before that. Right, right, right. I think I think you're right. I think after this match, Orton was, you know, not a completely made man, but sure, he got like you said, he got the patches. He they it were was confident. They were confident putting him into position to, you know, get get the title run. They ended up, you know, yeah, having him take the belt off Benoit. Yeah, at SummerSlam so, that year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what I'm reading here is that yeah, he beat Triple H last mass standing in 04, so it would have been that year. Oh, I guess no. Hold on. It makes Somewhere sense. Somewhere around there. He, he he hadn't won the belt yet. Have right. Beat Nick no, this this would make sense. Yes, because this was yeah. this was the aftermath of the WrestleMania 20 match, the right. three on two. Yeah. Evolution and, versus Rock and Sock. Yeah. And then he went into SummerSlam after the McFoley and beat Benoit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got our history right. We got our timeline right. You know, yeah, I was I was kind of off by a year, but, you know, it happens. Would So here's the question. Okay. Would they have put the belt on Randy had that match with Mick not have happened? Was he Ooh, already? See? Did there he already have the rocket strapped to him, or was this what shot him up? Well, I think they definitely certainly. would put him in that position. Yeah. But I think Holy that that certainly helped him. I think that that's kind of how it works. You know, you, you put them in a position, it's kind of the same thing with, uh, uh, you know, just kind of like any other, like, you know, sports deal. I just got done watching that, uh, that hard knocks, you know, training camp, uh, you know, NFL show. Before what team I, are they doing? They're this doing year? the Lions this year. Oh, how many times have they done the Lions? Is you the know, question. <laughs> they, I think, I mean, they've at least done them once back in the day. They try to switch them around, even though they're probably <sighs> horrible every year. Yeah, but they got a great coach, man. He's so great, oh, Dan cool. Campbell. Oh man, oh, that's cool. Just the best sound bites. He's, he's, he's was, my guy. 
Was he the defensive guy at uh, Seattle? Was that the, is that the Dan I'm thinking of? You know, is that he, where they got they plucked him from? He might have. He might have had a. He might have had a stint there. I know they showed him. He was with the. He was doing something with the Saints, and then he was in Miami. I think. Okay. Okay. For a while, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, that's another podcast. Right. <laughs> but you know, my point about that was that you see this in uh, in general. Uh, you kind of see this in general with things, you know, um, people being put in the position uh, to succeed, and then they right. either succeed or they get cut or you know put right. put back yeah. down the uh, put back down the the list. Yep. Um, Here here's the board. Go walk down the plank and see what happens. Sink or swim. You got to rise to the equation. The the equation. The equation, the kratom. <laughs> That's a that should be a kratom slogan. It ri- rise to the kratom, the kratom. Bro, I don't, <laughs> I don't ever fuck with that kratom, bro. <laughs> I haven't even tried it. <laughs> I stick to my good old fashioned rock star around I, here. You're right. I uh, I don't know. I like the soccer mom with the diet cokes. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love oh. diet Mountain Dew. Oh, Diamond Deuce that's, is so good. That's my that's my vice. All right. You want my number four? Yes, let's go ahead and move this along. All right. Here. here we go. So this match, I love this match so much. This is the match that made the beast. This turned him into the beast officially. Okay. Okay. Brock Lesnar versus Taker Hell in a Cell. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Not not twenty fifteen. Okay. I'm right, talking right, to right. I'm talking No Mercy 2002. The only pay-per-view to ever broadcast from Little Rock, Arkansas, by the way. Oh, little snap. Known, little known fact. Yep. Wow. Uh, yeah. Though my two facts, I got to put this in because I forgot it. Brett versus Austin, WrestleMania 13. Do you want to know what WrestleMania had the least amount of buy rates? WrestleMania 13, right? WrestleMania 13. Yeah. It, it, it sold like garbage. Yeah. No one, one of the greatest matches it. of all time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no one, no one was. We've watched it a hell of a lot more times than all the other ones, probably. That match, anyway. I watched so, it on Scramble when it was live, but yeah, oh, I did nice. not order uh, it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Brock versus Undertaker, No Mercy 02. Um, Brock had beat The Rock at SummerSlam that year. Brock yeah, versus yeah. Rock. I want to note this. Shawn Michaels, right? WrestleMania, Mr. WrestleMania, okay? Brock Lesnar's Mr. SummerSlam. Think about it. He has may evented more SummerSlams than yep. anyone. He, he got he got Kurt Angle at SummerSlam. He beat The Rock at SummerSlam. Remember when he busted Randy Orton up? Split Ooh. his skull open? Um, when Cena, the, uh, what, 19 suplexes or whatever, that was at SummerSlam. That match, let's let's stop right there, because that match is actually on my <laughs> list. We're talking yes. about Orton Brock. Yes. Oh, that um, was on when he, when he split his skull open. Huh? Yes. Oh, that's great. I mean, I, not like as a match as a whole, but, I, you know, that stands out to me is just like, you know, it was so devastating that it that it pissed off the locker room even you know jericho was furious about it you know a few other guys no one yeah 
It's because um, he he did it with an elbow. It wasn't a blade job. It was it was like it was hey, straight brutality. Yeah, it was straight Vader versus Cactus <laughs> broken <laughs> nose. Right. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> but but more brutal. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> wow, I did not know that. Yeah, no. I, uh, I mean, I didn't know that it pissed everybody off. I didn't know the story behind that. There was, you know, I don't know who else, but Jericho was very vocal. And I guess um, wow. there was like a big story going around and that, you know, after that had happened, he got in Brock's face. Apparently, he started he started shit with Brock first. And someone had to come in. I can't remember if it was Hunter or if it was Vince. And had wow. to tell him, it was planned, damn it. You know, we talked about it. It's okay. You know what I mean? Or whatever the fuck. And had to, like, calm him down. Was Jericho just hot because it was a safety thing? Right. Yes, exactly. Okay. He's like, that yes. was irresponsible. That sets a horrible precedent or whatever. Basically, yeah. He just yeah. thought it was, you know, reckless and just kind of not the thing to do. And Yeah. Um, you know. And now did Randy and Brock make the call in the ring? Or was it really planned? Like, hey, elbow him till his head's. Till his skull cracks open. I think that that's kind of the idea is that they, you know, you kind of, when you plan for a hard way, and then sometimes it just doesn't happen. So you either just give up on it or you just keep doing it. Um, sure. And there's another match on my list that's, that's gonna, we're gonna talk about that again. <laughs> right. And we'll sometimes you can't even, you know, sometimes it never, you know, I, uh, Foley talks about that in his book. I can't remember what match it is, but he's trying to like hard way this guy. And eventually was it the Sabu with the beer bottle. I don't and know. It just wouldn't no, break, the, you know he, he was in w, I think he was in WCW or it was like prior to that. Okay. And he's trying to like open up this guy. And after about 10 times, he looks up at him. And I think it's like, maybe it was Terry. I know, but he's like, Cactus, please stop hitting me. Because <laughs> it was like, this is just not going to happen. I'm, we're giving up, you know. That's awesome. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we got off the rails a little bit. But, yes. Oh, that's okay. Well, one of my matches segued into one of yours, so I like that. Right. Talking about Mr. SummerSlam, you know, and Brock doing the tractor thing this year. I mean, we'll Brock see, there is, you go. Brock is Mr. SummerSlam. I, I'm calling it right here yes. on Pro Wrestling Planet, and we're going to say we're the ones who came up with this now. Yeah. No, we'll take credit for it any day of the week. I, yeah. Twice for on sure. Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Please subscribe to our channel. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Let me go back to this Brock versus Taker match. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, for sure. For sure. So, you know, Brock had run through the locker room. Um, bear hug submitted Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan put him over. Yeah. And, that's right. Yeah. He sprayed his blood on him. Yeah, and then yeah. you know he beats the Rock, and then you know Big Evil comes out. Now he's challenged. Now he now he's got to step into the Undertaker's yard, and he steps into his yard at Hell in a Cell, and these guys beat the living piss out of each other. <laughs> Heyman got color, Rock <laughs> got color, Taker got color. They even like I said, Paul Heyman's on, somehow on the outside of the cell and gets color from getting hit with the steps through the cage. It was brilliant. Um, Taker had a had a cast on his hand, and mm. then yeah, they yeah. Han they handcuffed him to the cell, and Brock shredded this the uh, this cast with a uh, with a chair, tw you know, twenty some odd times till the thing crumbles off of him. Um, 
F5s galore, just stiff as hell, chair shots, cringy chair shots, unprotected. I mean, this is, and Brock Lesnar goes over, wins. This is where the Beast was born in my eyes. Talk about a rite of passage. Definitely. And Definitely. Uh, it was maybe at this point that he started thinking, yeah, you know, maybe I'll try my hand at the NFL. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Maybe sure. maybe gonna think about it. Yeah. No, but you know, he was he was around another year plus, you know, yeah. at that at that time frame though, before that yeah. all happened. Crazy to think, you know, less than two years after this match he would be gone for eight yes. years. He would yeah. be for eight years after you know, after he his, his big rise at What a journey that was, you know what I mean? Oh, From NFL to Japan to UFC. Yep. Back to WWE. I mean, it's like and and look at him now. He's doing awesome. I mean, he's the institution. Yeah. Now you he know is. he's kind of you know, um, he is the uh, he is the franchise. You know, as much as Roman is the main guy that they're pushing. Yeah. Uh, he's the franchise. He's the taker now. I mean, there's no yeah, one else yes, that is. has the taker, yep. taker role, and it's yep. kind of like, and I, I say that from an on-screen perspective because I don't really necessarily see Brock as like a locker room leader type oh, of no. guy. I'm not sure who that would be right now, honestly. Yeah. Um, maybe Randy. Yeah, sure. Sure, um, he is. You know, when, AJ Styles, maybe when he's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I could see him with that that sort of a role as well. Yeah. Um, give me yeah. another one on your list because I think we're pretty much even. Okay. I've um, done two. You've I've done, done two. two. I've basically done okay. two. We threw mine in there in the middle. Okay. In the middle of yours. So let's get another one off, off okay, of your I'll list, give, see if we match I'll up. I'll give you the only one I watched live. I remember going to my buddy Dusty's and watching this one. Oh, okay. Me and, Dusty, me and Dusty in his room. Royal Rumble 2000, Madison Ooh. Square Garden. Ooh. Cactus Jack versus Triple H, the street fight. Yeah. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah. In this one, okay, in my mind, it's probably one of the top bumps, the pedigree into the thumbtacks. And the thumbtacks yeah. embedded in Mick's forehead near his, around his eyeball. And I just yes. can't think of a more brutal bump than that, you know? Right, and, you know this whole list could be Mick Foley matches. It really could be. Yeah, I, and, I had trouble not doing that to be honest. Right. Because well, it's that, like when I, I think of it, it's like there's just there's no one else that's been able to top the work. When you say brutality, yeah, it's Mick Foley for right. sure. And so, um, but I will say this too: this match, I mean, Hunter was the champion, obviously, and he had Triple H, the boss's daughter, and the, mm -hmm. you know. The game, I mean, Mick put him over as a heel so dang good right? by taking such a wonderful ass kicking. <laughs> and so, um, you know, this would I'd lead after this match would lead to their Hell in a Cell match. Right. I was uh, going to ask you about that. So this one edges that one out. This one edges that one out in my book. Yes, it yeah. does. I think it was more visceral. They both got colors. Some about Madison Square Garden. Seems so much more intimate. All right. And, you know, the high spots of that Hell in a Cell seemed not as, seemed a little more, um, 
I don't want to say staged because that's not fair. A little more gimmicked, you know. Right. As where this match wasn't as gimmicked to me. Right. Uh, the tables didn't seem as gimmicked, and the, obviously the thumbtacks you can't gimmick that. And I know they they didn't they set the the barbed wire two by four on fire on yes. the LNSL. Yes. Yes. So you know, again, a little more gimmick, but they were beating the shit out of each other with this barbed wire, you know, wrapped two by four at the street fight. And for me, I just thought it was a little more brutal and I thought it was a better match. So I went with that. Do you think that, um, they missed the boat on like having, cause this is always a big point of contention of me, uh, for, for both of those matches. You think they missed a boat in that whole storyline somewhere where, you know, uh, Mick never got to like really go over. You know what I mean? I think so. That's it been, been talked nice about recently, and I'm like, yeah, you know, that's you're right. Yeah, I think that could have been one thing that you could argue. You, sure. you know, they, as, a, as a story as a whole, yeah. They just they spent so much time building to that. Just yeah. to go to Mania, where it was the four-way, yeah, and then Triple H win the heel wins, which is like never happened in the history of you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like Yokozuna right. won at WrestleMania nine, but then you know Hogan came yep. out and saved the day. Out comes the Hulkster, yeah, yeah. Well, so, but in so many ways, you know, yeah, maybe he didn't go over, but man, he won in with he won in the public. I have public opinion. For yeah, sure. That became the Foley became God after all. If he wasn't God already. Right. He had so much he was so revered and so respected and so beloved. It really solidified everything for him. I really think so. And God dang this street fight was you should go back. If you haven't seen it recently, go plug that. Out of all of them on my list, that's the one I, I'm gonna recommend you go watch. I think I enjoyed the the Hell in a Cell match more from a match standpoint. Yeah, but I enjoyed the experience of the street fight a lot more because I I watched the the street fight at my brother's house. Yeah, and uh, the Hell in a Cell the next month I actually ordered at my house and had like friends over, and uh, I just remember wanting to kill Kevin because he was like just over the top about like Triple H, you know. Oh no! And so it was like. Yeah, and then and then of course he wins, and then just like it gets uh, even worse, and he just oh, would not no. shut up. Uh, you know, he's got that fan rooting for the bad guy, yes. and the bad guy wins, and he's like, "Ha, I told you so." Or yeah, yeah, or just the opposite of whatever you know. When it, whenever someone tries to be the heel within your group, I it's always a, funny. From a story standpoint, you look at it, you know, he's the. Um, guy from Greenwich, Connecticut, the boss's son-in-law. And the story was so good because there was, there was chemistry between Mick and Stephanie. Cause after the street fight, triple H wins the pedigree into the thumbtacks cactus gets the comeback after the match beats the shit out of triple H triple H gets strapped to a gurney is doing the thing where he's got color and triple H is shaking, right? He pulls dumps him back off the gurney beats the hell out of him and then stephanie is in the aisleway fear on her face what a great actress she she is there and mix just sure. stare mix just staring at her with the thumbtacks in his forehead and just such good story so 
completely agree with you. If they had a win in that hell in a cell, now Triple H has nowhere to run, no one to help him. Right. He's in mixed playground. He should have been the one to go over there. And then put Triple H over at WrestleMania, but I think you're right. right. I think Why it would not? have made yeah. it so much better. Put it on him. Look at what he did for, for you guys. I mean, anyone who takes a pedigree and the damn thumbtacks deserves a title run for a month. I guess just Vince was just like, I can't have him go into a WrestleMania as champion. I can't have him leave a WrestleMania as champion. Look at he's, him. He's too sleazy. Right. <laughs> oh, but, well, hit me with one. What, what do you got? Well, here's the thing with my list. Call it lazy. Call it what you will, right? But this is my portion of the list. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just serve it up the way it is. All righty. My... My three and two are kind of like one, they're kind of hand in hand. They kind of lead into each other. Okay, that's good. And that's because when we're talking about brutality and we're talking about the WWE, especially, and especially during this era where most of this all happens, right? This mid 90s yeah. section. They had done some stuff, right? They had done a few things. There was, you know, the WrestleMania deal with the with the Austin and the blading and all that. But later that year, they took it to a whole nother level with the first Hell in a Cell match. Yeah. Right? I mean, you talk about just like, you know, whatever, you know, blade job, whatever. But Sean lost so much blood during that thing takes the huge bump you never seen a bump like that ever yep. ever no you know and then not you know, anywhere and then of course we all know you know mick foley you know topping it yeah um, that next year which would be the other one on my list as well it's kind of hard to decide i love the innovation of the first one and i think i did from too. an actual match perspective Blows, it's better. <laughs> oh, way better. Yeah. Hell, Hell in a Cell, um, Michaels blows from a wrestling standpoint, blows Mankind Taker Hell in a Cell out of the water. Right. There's a lot more water. psychology to it, you know. Yeah. Sean um, and Sean and Taker worked great matches during that stretch. The casket match at Royal Rumble. For sure. Amazing match. One of my favorite matches. Underrated, yeah. in my opinion. But... um. Something about Sean. The month prior at that Ground Zero pay per view was really good too. Oh, see, that's yeah. We're going back and watch that one. Yeah, it's overlooked. I I should have to look at it, but but Sean just obviously the guy can just take a beating, but it looked like Undertaker just killed him (laughs) (laughs) when he bounced him (laughs) off the cage. Every every punch, every clothesline, it just. I mean, who's who's (laughs) ever been able to sell better than Sean? Nobody. Right. Nobody, nobody ever will, in my opinion. Anybody ever yeah. does it, just be a copy of him. <laughs> you know, the selling and the athleticism, yes. I mean, God. just 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah. And say what you will about Sean, but, you know, he, you know, even during that time, which you could say was the, you know, maybe the height of his madness, um, he knew what was best for business, you know, and there's yeah. doing 
doing yep. the uh doing the services for the take you know making taker like the best that he could basically during that thing but also yeah make that's the art is to be able to make the other guy look like a million bucks but also somewhere along the way make yourself also look like that right and sean right. absolute artist of doing that he really was so but that kind of spoils my next one but you go ahead and you know well, i mean i'm sure no, we, did one we of can, those make your list is what i want absolutely to know. uh okay. number one on my list was king of the ring 98 okay pittsburgh that crowd did not know what they were in for oh my god <laughs> that crowd was so flat watch the intros Right. That crowd is like, what? The, we're going to get Mankind and Undertaker again for the 27th time? Okay, yeah. well, here we go. Oh, what? They're starting on the top? Wait, what? Oh, shit. And then Dude. That crowd had no idea what was about to happen. So for me, it was number one on my list. But don't worry. Number two is is pretty special, too. But Okay, so give me your number about, two, then. Well, you don't want to talk about Hell in a Cell. I think that's where we're at. Well, um, that's basically my number two, so we'll just kind of go back. I don't okay. know. We'll just we talk. talk. Let's let's talk about it. We're on it, you know. So obviously, Mick takes the twenty foot bump onto the Spanish announced table. Well, right. <laughs> um, was yeah. that table gimmicked in any way underneath? Was there a crash pad? Like we're talking. Remember when Shane took the big bump with Steve Blackman? There was a big, or even did when Shane took the taker. I think bump. this was before there, that, the, the age of the pads. With, a, with an air pad under it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think this so, was before the age of the pads. Maybe not. So was so was the was the spot cleared with Vince? Because Vince was pissed. Right. Um It had to have been cleared with him, right? You know, I don't think it's kind of one of those things and you know, the way that Foley describes it because i've read the i've read have a nice day so many times yeah i've read and seen so much different stuff and i think in the art is still protecting the business maybe they don't talk about that maybe but from what i recall how he put it over was that like of course he knew that they were going to start on top now i don't know if he shared that information with vince okay but that was you know the whole idea was he um he asked you know he's like the worst person to ask in the world for advice on this match was terry funk and of course <laughs> terry, and terry was like uh you know do the voice you got to do the voice oh maybe you should start it on top of the cage cactus <laughs> i'm thinking that's really gonna put it over right so so the, he actually got that piece of advice supposedly from terry Okay. And whether he sh- whether he shared that info with with him or anybody, you know, I don't even know if he shared it with Taker because it's like, because you know, Taker, um, you know, he had the the ankle problem. He had like yeah. floating bone chips in his ankle yeah, during that he whole like thing. Had a bad sprain in his ankle or broken piece of bone or something. Yeah. yeah. He could he could barely climb up the cage. Yes. Yeah, so you you know I mean. I guess he probably said, yeah, you know, let's go ahead and, you know, maybe, you know, fully cleared it, you know, with them before, but then, you know, throws, pops it on him. Hey, go ahead and toss me. I don't know. They probably rehearsed it. Who knows? Yeah. I've heard kind of, you know, you hear different stories 
and different yeah. people tell the story throughout the years but yeah uh, the second so, one supposedly definitely was not planned okay the bump you, through you ever the heard top the the story in that i mean there was so many perfect things that had to happen for that spot to work if because um mick was so out of it he normally when he took a right. slam he pushed himself up but the fact that he didn't even come off his feet and he just fell back yeah it worked out perfect because if he would have jumped he would over rotated and probably broke his neck yeah and then if taker was at the wrong spot he'd have fell through too probably broke his leg or something you know right. who knows what who knows there's so many elements of that damn match that could have went bad and again going back to our criteria they both somehow made it to the finish line, particularly McFoley. I mean, no one's taken more damage in a match, nobody, no. than Mick at Hell in a Cell 98, or, or King of the Ring 98, Hell in a Cell, you know. Yeah, either way. So, that's why I put it number one. Both I could, bumps. could argue. Oh, the brutal. tax. And um, the tax. We'd ne I'd never seen tax before. Had you? I mean, it definitely was not in a WWE match. That's for definitely damn sure. Not. No. Um maybe something in ecw but i don't even think that mainly like barbed wire you only yeah. really heard about tax and like the japanese yeah uh you know king of the death match stuff you know if yeah. you're privy to any of that which they had even showed the the video packages of that on wwe of him tv and him and terry funk in the death match yeah 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 um so you at least knew a little bit about that if you were a fan you yeah. know at that time or just you know playing paying really close attention like yeah. i used to you know it's just it's it's funny like how much how photographically well i can remember this era mm -hmm. way more than something i watched like two nights ago i guess that's the short-term <laughs> memory loss for sure um, <laughs> and it's something well it's something we we cared about so yeah when, when you care about something you remember every piece it's like well, you can't get your kid to do their homework, but yet they'll tell you every little thing on whatever game they're playing. Right. You have to you have to just find something that's relatable. Yeah. Gotta be have, have that investment. So you you technically skipped over your two. I got number two. So are you ready for that? You I, got one I more still, two? I still have a one and you have a two. So let's just flip back to you and then I'll Okay. Okay. It, this may be the same match. I don't know. Oh, interesting. But, but, but throw it out. It'd be to cool. Me. It'd be cool. Okay. Um, going back to King of the Ring. Oh, okay. Um, Ooh, I know. King King of the Ring 2001 Shane versus Oh. Kurt. Is that yours? No, no, no. Or okay, let me guess yours. Okay. The I Quit match, Royal Rumble 99. You got me. I got gotcha. you. You got me. <laughs> I didn't put that cuz I didn't want to put Too Nick many in there foleys. again. I yeah. didn't want to do it, but God damn it, I would not argue that on that being number you can't. one. You can't. You can't. I mean, you know what made that so damn brutal? His kids screaming in the front oh row. Oh, my God. Oh, daddy. Does that not pull? I can't even watch that match now. I can't. Yeah. I, I tried to watch it, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. I just hear them kids screaming. It's, it's literally awful. something out of a horror movie. It really is. And it's not would, like. Would, <sighs> yeah. Well, which one? Let's talk about that one. Well, no, no, no. let's talk about let's talk about yours okay. first okay well holy shit <laughs> it it's pretty deep i love the story going on here you know because actually kurt was kind of working 
he was working a bit of the baby face here because he was going through King of the Ring and then he had to fight Shane and Shane was doing the heel thing. Yeah. And Kurt got concussed against Edge in the King of the Ring final before this match. Yeah. So Kurt took a big potato apparently from Edge. Edge knocked his lights out. So even before the, he walked down the aisle, Kurt's concussed. And then they proceed to have the match that they have. And going back to, to bumps, I had to rate this so high. So I, you know, I rate the pedigree into the thumbtacks. Number three, the suplexes into the gimmick glass. It wasn't gimmick glass and him cracking his skull on the concrete multiple times and then getting thrown through the glass. Um, Kurt breaking his tailbone on the suplex bump. And then the angle slam off the uh, off the wood plate that off the top rope. That right. for some reason, because the ropes have no give, you're you're operating three feet higher for some reason, <laughs> and taking that bump and just again the grit of both men to get to the finish line, and it being Shane and man Shane was a made man after this, and then he started doing the big. The big stunts, really. Yeah, that's this, and then he transitioned this, into just like the one big spot. Of yeah, match. but but this was not I mean, gimmicked, man. They were cut up, glass everywhere, both bleeding. This match was brutal, man. That's interesting that you put it like that because you definitely think about the means to an end. You know, a lot of these people yeah. in these matches, especially when you talk about Foley and stuff like that there was something that you know they either had to be that person or they had something to prove yeah uh, in these situations you look at this and it's like well angle was pretty much set ish already i would say i mean he was kind of trying to prove himself still i guess yeah but you know but shane it's not like it mattered he was a little year over making his debut really Mm -hmm. or so Yes, but, you know, he had held, they had pretty much put titles on him, like, immediately, and I guess he wasn't, like, a a main event world title player yet, but he was pretty much kind of there. He did immediately after this. He was so hurt after this. Remember, this was when Kurt did the goofy... The milk truck and stuff. The the milk truck, because he was hurt after this, they... He pretty much was was doing the goofy songs with Stone Cold right, in the back right. because he was he was hurt after this King of the Ring match. So that's oh, this, yeah, yeah. two thousand one. Yeah, so it was. <laughs> it really put both guys over. Unbelievable! A, the the crowd was behind them. And, it was a crazy year for me in two thousand one. Let me tell you. Oh right, right. But me the too. invasion. Yeah. Yep. This Rob is like, Van yeah. Dam coming over. Okay. I love me some Rob Van Dam of that era. What a whirlwind time. You oh, know? man. What a thinking back. And then just the matches that got put on. It was incredible. Yeah. So this put him into the upper echelon, I would say. I Definitely. mean, I, I, you know, that's, that's kind of the thing. It ends up being something that uh, where the guys feel like they need to prove something. Yeah. And so, you know, especially they, Shane. Yeah. Shane had, Shane. Shane wanted that respect so bad and right. he's so crazy. We learned through this match, particularly that he was going to do anything to get it. And 
It's incredible. Whoa, that's some respect right there. Captain. I don't know. Just like, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to show everyone my eyes are not completely red. They are a little bit, though. You're still looking all right. They, uh, I don't know why it looks like that. It's the filter I have on, I guess. But hmm. I'm I a little sunburned, I think. <laughs> um, uh, oh, all right well let's talk about this i quit match god dang how many how many times did he hit him with the chair 16 16 huh i thought it was more pretty sure it was like 15 or 16 someone asked Still. Mick Foley, or or that's the rock why'd you hit mick foley with the chair 16 times or whatever he's all you told me to <laughs> right. <laughs> Hit me again. Yeah. Um how I want to pull up the uh the wound. How many stitches cuz I remember just this gaping you know. Well, you know how, when he after the match. Right. You know, just unreal the amount of opened laceration you know and a few of them were gimmies but a few of them were like all right dude come on now yeah you know um but that's kind of the, that's what the difference is to me like if i was going to rank one higher than the other and like i said i didn't really necessarily like have these in particular order but that's a way to think about it right is that you know with the hell in the cell match you have a couple like pretty big things and then the thumbtacks mm -hmm. but this you know rock and just hitting him so many times it's just like it just feels so much more personal i guess i'd agree i don't know um yeah now here's something i wanted to ask you bud is that do you think that during this time they had to go you know, I mean, do you think that it's part of it that they had to do even more of this, go the extra mile because of the way some of, like, the hardcore matches were presented? Do you think that, like, isn't that kind of weird that it's, like, it'd be presented so goofily on, like, the undercard with, like, the hardcore title and stuff, but then you could also do something so serious like this in a main event? I Definitely. I think it was a product of the time and the fans expecting this. And honestly, probably oh, we were so bloodthirsty, weren't we? We were. And Mick Foley, as much as he, you know, thought the fans asked too much, he gave the fans too much. And I don't know if that's fair to criticize him for that, but, but look at what he did. Look at his body of work. Look what he did to win over the fans. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to throw himself off a 20-foot cell or take all these unprotect, unprotected chair shot, shots that made him go unconscious. He was knocked out at one point yeah. in that match from the chair shots. Just like John in a cell being knocked out he, with the bump. So. Right, right. He, I think he even went on record and said that those two times were the only two times he actually was been, had been knocked out. And... Yeah, it makes your anxiety go up, like you said. Just looking at you know, you think about the yeah, right. especially when you think about CTE now and yeah, what you know, man. Like I said, has anyone gave more of his body to the wrestling business than Mick Foley? The answer is no. 
Nobody Luck has. No, nobody ever will. Luckily, mentally, still seems to be doing okay, but we don't know. Thank God. You never know. Oh, I'm sure. I'm know. sure he's in pain. In pain daily. Um, I'm sure he is. I know. He, I I'm sure he's had his hips replaced. And, but and now, come to think about it, it kind of worries me because he's doing like the comedy stuff now. Yeah. And we know that there's like you know some like comedy depression like crossover. Interesting. Um, with there too, you know what I mean? So. You think of like Robin Williams, right? You For, yeah. Sprinkle a little CTE into that, and you you yeah. want to just get on Twitter right now and tell Mick Foley, thank you. For I love you, man. I love. I'm gonna love you, it. Mick Foley. Yes, Mick Foley. I'm going on Twitter right now, and I'm tweeting to Mick Foley, and I'm gonna tell him just how much he meant, means to my entertainment value, and that there needs to be a day. We're gonna declare this day as Mick Foley Appreciation Day. We're doing think, this podcast. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Once I think a year it, I, besides his birthday, he should have a day like this, damn it. I agree. I agree. I think is you know, he's obviously revered by the fans, but I think maybe underappreciated historically by the uh by the WWE. Well, I mean, Why I'll... didn't Taker mention him on his Hall of Fame speech? <laughs> that that genuinely bothers me. Yeah. I know it wasn't about Mick. But right. I don't know. You know, Mick didn't take it personally, but, uh, you know, yeah, no, he feels bad about it, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure in the um, heat of the moment. Well, you know, Mick Foley, they asked Mick Foley what he thought about that. He's like, well, I forgot to mention my own wife during my Hall of Fame speech. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, can't hate on him too much. Why, why didn't he thank Giant Gonzalez? I know, well, right? Know, you know. Anyone put him over better than Giant Gonzalez? Yeah. No. Give me a, I mean, come on, man. I mean, he wore a Yeti costume. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wayne, I wanted to ask you this, bud. Nowadays, here we are. We sit. We're sitting here in 2022. Yeah. Wrestling landscape has changed quite a bit from from these days, and you know, presentations Definitely. a lot different. So I'll ask you this. I mean, between everything that's out there and you think just kind of a rule of thumb in general yeah how often should we come to these brutality things are you a are you a fan of them in particular nowadays and you know do you think it should be reserved for like the end of things um do you just enjoy do you enjoy it just to enjoy it i mean what's your take on brutality in modern wrestling i think they should use it still a little bit but i think they there's something about and this is true about wrestling just in general there's got to be some kind of organic nature about it a little bit and it can't be so planned you know wrestling was is more scripted now than it's ever been and I just don't think that's a good product. Go back to Brett and, and Austin. That match was called in the ring. JBL Guerrero, that match was called in the ring. And pro- there's probably tons of other ones in this that were totally called in the ring. Right. You know, and that's just how those guys work. And now these guys are being told what to do all the time. I think they should get a little more professional leeway. And with that, I think they should be able to make some calls in terms of what their threshold is for brutality right. be able to sprinkle that in and tell a story. 
what was match of the year last year? Was it Cody versus <clears throat> versus Dustin? You know, Wasn't I'm not match sure. Match of the year, something like that. You remember that from AEW? Right. Why was that match so special? A, it told a good story. It's good wrestling. The brutality, though, as and well. It got color. It was brutality. It was visceral. It told a story. Yeah. So I think these, I think when you mix in a little bit of this violence and brutality, it just elevates the story. So I think yeah. they've got, and some of, and it's got to look, it can't look, it can't look gimmick. That's the art of professional wrestling, be able to make you suspend your disbelief. And unfortunately, sometimes that, that um, takes a toll on the wrestler, but that's what they do. With that being said, should Mick Foley have wrestled Raw the night after Hell in a Cell? No, he shouldn't have been. Should have yeah. been at the hospital. <laughs> you oh, know? geez. You're right. <laughs> Get, you know, with ice over his, you know, concussed skull after I quit, you know. Yeah. I think back then that was just how the business was. So I think you need to strike a, a bit of a balance. In that, because we know what we know, so you obviously you got to take the performer, their well-being, you know, because we did ask too much back then. But heck, look what we got. We got some of the greatest matches of all time that we're still talking about. Well, that's a good way to put it, because nowadays you have, you know, I mean, basically just to call it what it is. I mean, we have... We basically have two rival companies again. I mean, some people don't think it's a rivalry, but, you know, it is. Um, because, yeah, I mean, people take it very seriously on the Internet. You know, you're either an AEW stan or a WWE, you know, whatever. You can't just be a fan and like both and be in the middle or you're called, you know, a line walker or whatever. I like but, them both. I, I I like I like and love them both too. There are things I appreciate about both of them. Yeah. And I can tell you from watching both of them, it's like AEW kind of does a thing where there's like more weeks than I can count. There's blood yeah. in a match. WWE MJF, they save it. Punk. Yeah. MJMCM Punk. Did you watch that match? Oh yeah. That was that I mean I brutal, could, man. I considered Loved putting it. that in the list, but it's like I don't know all time yet. I don't know, you know. It's not yeah, well, it's plus not, it's not, it's not WWE. WWE. <laughs> but, but I wish yeah, I could have that match was brutal. Thought oh, about right. it. Um, right. Oh, we could go over uh go over br brutal AEW matches. Yeah. <laughs> We'd have I a mean, good list there. You know, and we can kind of condense, you know, and kind of nail it down, you know, a little bit yeah. more, too. It would be a little more. We, we could uh, even have fun in Japan. And, and, you know, talk about brutality in Japanese wrestling. They don't even use weapons. Right. Yeah. Shibata no, that's a whole other thing. Yes. Headbutting each other. Mm -hmm. Has he, has Shibata even wrestled again since then? Um, He, uh. He's, he's, no, he came back at Forbidden Door. He's doing he something, yes. He's, I think he's slowly coming back a little bit. He's working again, but he's working a completely different style. Yeah. Well, I guess. He, he's just he, working he almost, really light. He almost died. He had a subdural hematoma. Yeah. They, had to, they had to crack his skull. It was serious stuff. Yeah, yeah. He, had to have a, he had to have a craniotomy. Well, um, and that's kind of my next thing I was going to ask you, Wayne, real quick while we're kind of going home here. Sure. on everything um presentation wise there you know they 
they kind of have a little bit of a difference in presentation. Of course, nowadays you have some people going for like that classic ECW, maybe a little bit more extreme type of presentation. Yeah. Uh, like your your GCWs and stuff like that. Yeah. Are you, you know, it used to be CCW, uh, yeah. you know, a few years back. Are you a fan of this type of presentation? Do you think it has a place in the world of wrestling? Every um, time I see um, footage from some of this stuff, right. I sometimes I sometimes like it. I sometimes hate it. Right. I saw the Mo- the Moxley deal over the weekend. That's what you're talking about. Just in general, the, the guy who reached down his shorts or whatever, you know. Yeah, I'm a fan of good wrestling that tells a compelling story, both on script and in the ring and right. has good athletes. But when it comes to overly goofy bullshit, I'm not a fan. Right. I'm, not. <laughs> I'm really not. You know, it's gotta okay. be good. That's fair be, enough. I'm not hypercritical though um, right. about stuff. I, I, I laugh at it's all entertainment. And again, going back to how we started, it's all subjective. Some of it I'm going to like, some of it I'm going to think shit. Depends on my mood. You know, I don't think it's fair for um, people to judge things like what happens at like a GCW or just any kind of like random indie compared to like the national stage. Sure. You know what I mean? Because it's like it's a whole different ball game. If you're running an indie you don't really care anything about psychology. It's all about that night, as far as sure. I'm concerned. And, and Moxley, you know, going back to him, he was working that crowd that night. Right. You know what I mean? And he was You're giving living them for the moment. Won. Yeah. You know, there's in, no in long regard, term. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Indies if, will try to tell long term stories, but I mean, come on. It is, it's just like, you know, that's just not going to happen. For sure. And they don't have the caliber of talent right. that there is on the national audience. Right, a lot of so, people are up and coming. They're giving them liberties to, do, and it's hard too because everything's been done. You got to start doing the crazy stuff that not everyone's gonna like. Have you ever seen the the superhuman guy? Are you familiar with this? I think I've seen him across Twitter before. And you have people like this too now, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which I think is making, you know, Luthez roll over in his grave. Um, Luthez would have kicked the shit out of all those guys and ran them out of the territory. (laughs) So, you know, it's just, Uh, but but it is what it is. You know, I I don't know. I just, I think that there's a a place for it, but it is. If people are going to come pay money for something and you're going to draw and it draws, then screw anybody else's opinion. Right, you know. Yeah, no, it's, it's a whole different ball game, and it, you know you can't be, you know, like I said, just leave it all out on the line. Um, right. If you're, you know, with with the indie stuff, because it's not like you're telling a long term story on TV. Right. Right. Not like you're really necessarily building to a pay per view. You know, even some of them kind of tr- some of them kind of try to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, there's also examples of, of brutal moments that were accidents. Can you think of anything off the top of your head as far as that goes? I mean, it, maybe not a, a match in particular, but I mean, there there are, you know, 
many brutal spots. Maybe that's a whole other subject for another you know, time. Could, right off the top of my but, head, the Owen Hart pile driver, a stone cold breaking his neck. Yeah. Darren Drozdov took something from D'Lo, right? Remember the Draz yeah. getting getting through right. some spot and bro- he's paralyzed. The Owen Hart fly in. Well, you yeah, know, I mean, that was just a stunt gone bad. But yeah, uh, yes, he lost his life. The muscle buster on um on Tyson Kidd from Samoa Joe. Oh yeah, or um just uh, when injuries Zima, happen. Zima Ion, remember Zima Ion did the moonsault on the jesse Sorensen or something an impact oh yeah 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 i'm hearing about that broke his c1 he couldn't breathe they had to like intubate him because your c1 is so high it controls your phrenic nerve wrestling's dangerous in the building don't try it at home (laughs) yep as i uh really badly uh duplicate it with my eight and five year old children Hicks Family yeah. Wrestling on YouTube if you want to search it out and have a laugh. Ooh, I need to watch that. Check it out. You know, it's another good one um, and brutal is jobbers getting the shit kicked out of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's or just squash squash matches uh, a la APA Public Enemy. Do you know the story behind that? Yeah, 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 absolutely. They beat the shit out of Public Enemy. Made an example out of them when yep. they were out of the company days later. There's a there's a um, jobber squash match between the skyscrapers, uh, Dan Spivey and Psycho Sid, and they beat the shit out of this one jobber who wasn't selling for him. Right? You know what, have you seen that one? Not this one specifically. Probably. I'll, maybe. Link, I'll link it to you. You'll watch it five times and just be like, "What the hell did I just watch?" Pretty but much. Just... <laughs> pretty much any '80s '90s uh, Road <sighs> Warriors or Steiners yep. match. Oh God! They killed they're those just, poor guys. Just close light and dudes' heads <laughs> off. Yeah, yeah. Just you no could do a compla- compilation of like top jobber squashes. Right. That's some. Oh, dude, I, I've been down that rabbit hole a couple the, times. The and, jobber and tribute. You're like, I've been I've been watching jobbers get killed for two hours on YouTube. I gotta I gotta I gotta hang it up for the night. Who's the who? Who's the great? Who's the greater jobber of all time? Okay, triple threat of jobbers: Dwayne okay. Gill, oh. Barry Horowitz, or the Brooklyn Brawler. Oh, uh, I mean the Brooklyn Brawler is the number one jobber. You gotta go time. with Lombardi, yeah. right? Oh, you, yeah, you gotta go. He's he's the man. <laughs> well, my man, it has been uh. a pleasure speaking with you about this. That is the most brutal WWE matches right. that we can think-, think of. I think between the two of us, we we nailed them all. I I'd love to hear from any of your subscribers if we missed any. Yeah, so if there's any more, hit hit us up down in the comments. Just be like, you idiots, you missed this match. You didn't Are even you talk about me? it. Are you kidding me? Sheamus and Drew McIntyre, what the hell? You know. <laughs> uh, Pat Patterson and Sergeant Slaughter. Hey, yeah, there we go. Hogan versus Slaughter, WrestleMania Seven. Oh yeah, there you Hogan go. Hogan gets the color, brother. <laughs> He's got to bleed for the red, white, and blue. That's right. It's the only Boy. way. Only way it works. That's right. Bleeds red, white, and blue. Well, thank you very much for joining me, Wayne. We'll see you soon, huh? We'll talk about something else at some point. Wayne Let's will be back. It. I'll be back. I'll be back soon. Let's do another one soon. 
Thank you very much for listening. Make sure you leave a like on your way out or rate it wherever you're listening to it at. If you're in podcast land, YouTube land, wherever you're at. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time on Pro Wrestling Planet. Too, Too sweet, sweet. Me out, brother. Woo! And we gonna do that.